Hi and welcome to the third episode of the Physio BG podcast. This is our first episode in English and in this episode we are going to talk about pain. We are going to talk about uh, different types of pain, uh, how can a physiotherapist help to someone who has pain, uh, what kind of uh, treatments are good for treating chronic pain in the 21st century and many other interesting things. And now, without any delay, let's start with our conversation about pain. I'm here. Yeah, me too. I think it's not it's not going to get better. It's good enough. Uh, so let's let's try and to to make the podcast and see what happens. So okay, uh, how are you? I, this is the first time I sp- I speak to you since the probably three years. Yeah, uh, I'm fine. I just, uh, like you heard, I came from walking with my dog and I'm just chilling with you. Yeah, good, good man. Okay, so, okay, let's, let's start. Let's, let's get down to, to business. So can you, can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Just like a short background of who you are, what yeah, you do. So, so my name is Tavi Metzma. I am working in Estonia, biggest hospital called North Estonian Medical Center, and I work in orthopedics department for as long as I don't know five to six years, and before that I worked in ambulatory patients more. So my main, most of my patients are acute pain patients, and I also have this. Um, little um, firm or how to say um, that I take uh, ambulatory patients to that uh, can see me also mm-hmm. do you do you see any outpatients in the hospital you work uh, yeah but uh, very few like mm-hmm. one or two patients a day most of the work is uh, stationary work mm-hmm. so you basically work with uh, orthopedic patients and uh, uh, sports uh, trauma patients probably? Or? Yeah, most of uh, the patients are orthopedic and um, injuries, some chronic pain patients, mm-hmm. that's about it. Yeah, uh, well I invited you uh, to this podcast because uh, when uh, when we meet three years ago uh, I was very impressed by your knowledge about chronic pain and pain overall. So. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm hoping with this podcast you can help to other people here in Bulgaria to understand what pain is and how can we as a physio treat uh, treat pain now in 21st century. So uh, can you uh, can you explain what what pain is like in one sentence since to, to someone who has no medical background or how do you explain pain to someone who who is not medical professional? Um, I'm usually trying to get uh, one very simple message through that um, pain is about um, um, it's it's your um, about your and your brain decision about the threat if there's threat threat to any of your body parts or tissues um, is it real or not that's uh, when you're feeling pain but it's not a very uh, how to say accurate measure of um, damage, issue damage. So, 
like pain is some kind of uh, alarm uh, that should warn uh, the that should warn us that there is something dangerous outside or something dangerous happening in our in our body. Is that correct? Yeah, that's about that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, is there? I I know that you're teaching uh, also some courses. I I saw this on Facebook. Is there any difference uh, in the way you explain pain to a medical professional, someone who has a medical background? Uh, do you do you have any more like more complicated way to to say it, or is there any difference in the way you're explaining pain to someone who's a physiotherapist or a medical doctor? Yeah, usually my courses there are lots of uh, different um, people coming in and different medical professions. I usually start by explaining um, how different medical professions uh, understand pain because. Um, they usually we don't have this kind of um, pain studies or or pain um, uh, subjects in school. We just have um, we learn anatomy, we learn muscles and so on. So I start by explaining that we have this kind of bubbles we live in, but we don't really learn pain. I start with uh, explaining that if you're a massage therapist, you probably explain pain to your patients uh, via trigger points or some. Uh, issue restrictions. If you're a physical therapist, maybe you explain pain uh, for, for for example, back pain without with posture. If, you, if you're if you an orthopedic doctor, you probably take pictures, x-rays from your patient's um, back and you explain that we see this kind of damage here, that's why your pain hurts. If you're a trainer or something, you explain your patients that your back hurts because uh, you have muscle weakers and so on, so on. So they would understand that um, uh, how they have uh, learned and what kind of bubble they live in. Uh, their pain uh, knowledge is uh, very different; that it, it's not really accurate. So we need to, and if they if they understand that, they they usually uh, recognize that they still uh, live in this one bubble, that they don't understand um, pain itself. And then I go um, uh, forward. Here and, uh, and and I, I try explaining pain what it really is and I usually um, make like this uh, three different types of pain I I tell them what is a uh, nociceptive pain what is um, neuropathic pain and what is uh, neuroplastic pain so no mm -hmm. nociceptive pain is uh, um, comes from our um, the, the threat Danger message comes from inside of uh, our body. Usually, the, um, the different therapists they understand what the nociception is, but they think it's a it, they are pain receptors or so, and it's a pain signal. Signal that's not so. It's just a red signal. So I explain there are different kinds of uh, red signals, like uh, chemical, mechanical, whatever the nociceptors um, uh, get from our body. And the danger message goes to our brain, and our brain decides what will it do with this danger message. Um, and there is, um, and that is how I explain uh, how like uh, nociceptive pain is. Then I take neuropathic pain, so it's um, damage or disease of the nervous tissue itself. Um, a good example is uh, when you st really you have a true, um, how to say 
injury to your nerve and you feel this radiating pain. So that's, uh, uh, that's how I explain the neuropathic pain. And then there's the most interesting one, the neuroplastic pain. So it's uh, not about tissue damage, it's not about um, nerve damage, it's um, how nerve, nerves, um, how to say, get more excited, get more inhibited, um, their, their level of uh, sensitivity increases, and that's uh, why, why we feel pain. There, um, uh, in the neuroplastic um, pain, I explain what is uh, peripheral sensitization, I explain what is central sensitization, I explain what are neurotags, and I go on from there with uh, illustrating a lot uh, with uh, examples so they understand me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, uh, about that uh, uh, neuroplastic pain, uh, do you need to have a tissue damage uh, so you can have a neuroplastic pain or it just happens because you are very tense or uh, very stressed out? How, how, does it, how does it start at first place? So, if you take your patients, um, they probably don't have only one type of pain. Pain is always complex and is maybe, it might be all three types of um, uh, pain that is occurring at the, and the, at the same time. We know, for example, mm -hmm. that uh, if your body gets injured, whatever, you, 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 you fracture your, how to say, tibia or, or something like that, and then um, mm -hmm. after only a few seconds or a few minutes, uh, uh, there's uh, not much, um, how to say, not exception, um, occurring um, um, uh, in the same way the first few seconds uh, were occurring, it already, your nerves gets more sensitive, sensitized so it uh, needs uh, a lot less, uh, how to say activity in the notch receptors uh, to, um, to, to send the signal out that, uh, that, that, to send the danger signal out, so the peripheral sensitization is, is a matter of uh, seconds or minutes that occurs and the central sensitization, mm -hmm. like you said, m might um, be because of um, you have uh, this uh, big stress response. So if you get pain mm -hmm. and you're in a stress uh, situation, your body um, is more sensitive for this uh, danger message and your brain is more likely to um, make a decision to, to, to be in pain. Mm -hmm. So if pain is complex, I suppose it uh, it needs a complex way of treatment. Of treatment, isn't that correct? Yeah. Uh, usually, um, if we or if we take the example of different therapists, we see that uh, we only have uh, one type of um, treatment. Massage therapists do uh, work with uh, hands mostly. Uh, uh, trainers with exercises and so on, and so, so this this is how they call. They they like to try to um, increase their toolbox as much as uh, they can. So they know different types of treatments, but um, this is um, this is how to say a, a wrong way to understand the com complexity of uh, pain. If you're treating uh, pain, you're you're actually treating the whole person. You. This, this, this is not only the tools you need, you need to be compassionate, you need to really understand the pain and uh, understand the person at the same, same time, then you can be successfully uh, treating the person's problem. It's so individual, you cannot just um, 
do some uh, how to say uh, therapy without um, understanding per the person uh, who is front of you and who you are treating so uh, what is your opinion uh, you we need one person who has uh, a uh, a great toolbox for with different kind of therapies, or we need a team with uh, different different uh, specialists like massage therapists, physiotherapists, and medical doctors to treat the, that complex pain patient. Which is which is the better option for that patient? Um, so uh, I think it uh, it's more of the teamwork, but uh, there's a there's a but the, the team must all be in the same level of uh, knowledge about pain. I cannot, for example, treat the patient, uh, uh, explain pain to him, explain um, maybe he doesn't need to worry about his, um, how to say, his uh, structure or posture. But if I send him out to another therapist uh, or a doctor who completely, how to say, uh, has an opposite understanding about what pain is, he might uh, delete all my work that I have done with this patient patient already might be more frightened uh, if there is a lot of um, how to say um, more structural approach uh, to this person so if we have a team that all members understand pain and treat the patient like the patient is I think that's the most ideal ideal approach because one person cannot cannot do everything and uh, mm -hmm. And I, I, I think that um, the person, some persons don't need uh, um, many therapists or many professions to see. Some only need mm -hmm. orthopedic doctor, some only need a physio, some only need a massage. So um, that's mm -hmm. a very individual um, like decision to make. So when you see a patient in front of you, do you sometimes uh, have to send him or her away to another ther therapist or doctor if you uh, if you see that uh, you cannot help him when well how, how do you how do you decide that you are the appropriate therapist for, for this patient uh, what uh, I mean what is what is your role in this in this teamwork as a physio um, I think um, physios um, um, are basically what I'm doing I'm helping uh, people to move. I think uh, physiotherapy is very movement-oriented um, profession. So if the person has a pain and he cannot move, I will help him uh, move with, uh, with his problem. If the movement is not a problem, there's something else. There's something that, um, how to say, exercises and mechanotherapy cannot do. And there's something that um, my advice cannot uh, do. He needs some even surgery, if he has uh, that uh, heavy heavy problems, I will al always um, uh, take another opinion from uh, another uh, another doctor or another therapist. If, um, if the patient itself um, uh, is already active, needs more, how to say, recovery or relaxation, I'm not the one who's doing massage. I will send him out to uh, to a massage therapist, for example. So you're okay with massage with uh, for patient who has cro uh, uh, chronic pain? Mm, it depends. Uh, yeah. It's very individual. I think we all like massage. There's not uh, not a not a hmm. not that's not a problem that we don't like massage. We really 
Massage is a very good way to relax if a person has um, problems with relaxing and uh, and stress. I think massage is great, but um, putting the um, massage um, in a how to say in in a toolbox um, that's um, that's about uh, that's wrong. I I see that uh, many of my patients go to a massage therapist, and massage therapist is starting to explain why they have uh, pain. We are trigger points. We are faster restrictions like that, and that's, yeah. that's not okay. So, so you think this is not the job for a massage therapist, or uh, that massage therapist uh, have to has to has to have a greater uh, understanding of pain? Or? Yeah, um, I'm teaching massage therapists too. I'm always saying that uh, as much as you work with your hands, you're more you're working with your mouth. Um, uh, mm -hmm. What you speak is very important. Um, how you explain pain is very important. If the massage therapist understands pain, it's it's great. Um, he's also touching patients um, in a comfortable way, in a safe way, uh, that is um, reducing chronic pain. I think it's great if the massage therapist understands uh, pain and can talk with the patient because um, many patients have a very good. Uh, connection with their massage therapies it's called like therapeutic mm -hmm. alliance or so, so so they feel free to talk with massage therapists during their relaxing time and massage therapists can mm -hmm. do a lot a lot of good with uh, good explanations uh, to this uh, chronic pain patient but he can do a lot of bad also if he if he's very how to say if his approach is very structural yeah, yeah, I, I hear you, man. So, what, uh, what about uh, the behavior of the of the patient who has got pain? Uh, do we have to change that uh, the way the the patient behaves and uh, think thinks about the his body his body moves? What do you think about this? Um, yep, I I think that. Um, um, it doesn't matter what I think. We know that the research uh, tells us if we if we change them, <coughs> if we change the um, um, uh, way our patients think, uh, then it uh, surely helps with uh, with uh, with chronic pain. And uh, if they change their behavior, they get in this um, um, in this um, in this road. To recovery, for for example, we have to change uh, behavior at least a little bit. Uh, chronic pain is too complex to just do a treatment and uh, send the patient off. Uh, there's something that needs to go um, uh, with the patients when he leaves your office. And uh, knowledge, um, the, uh, the changing of beliefs uh, with the knowledge is uh, is a is a is a good way to help the patient. Which is more important for you to change the the beliefs of the patient or uh, to get the patient moving? I mean, uh, exercise or changing the behavior <coughs> of, the, of the patient. Okay. Which comes for, which comes first? Um, if we look at research, we see that um, if we only explain the pain for patients, if we um, make them understand them. Uh, what is uh, what is pain and uh, and uh, what is threat and what is uh, what is a uh, safe way? Then 
um, um, how to say, um, the result of this is not always that great in in results. I think it's um, it might be for some patients, but um, it's not always that great. The main thing I think is to get them moving, uh, whatever it takes, because we know that movement uh, itself uh, has a very good um, result to all kind of uh, patients. I'm not usually only explaining. I'm just um, uh, <clears throat> I'm just trying to make the make the make them move. Some patients are just afraid to move because their beliefs are that movement is bad for them. Uh, I have seen that um, they only need one therapy session for me to explain that it's okay. Give them green light, start moving. They already have the knowledge, they already have the motivation, and they will do with very little intervention. But uh, some patients uh, need um, more explaining to get moving. If um, if the patient understands that the moving is, uh, how to say, or is, uh, is damaging them more, then I think I need to explain a lot more before I start moving. So it's, it depends on the patient. We cannot uh, even prioritize uh, one to another. But I think the, the, the end goal is always to start to get them to move. Yeah, I, I understand. <coughs> So, what what do you think about manual therapy, acupuncture, like fascia treatment, and uh, all those uh, passive movements are out, out there? Do they have any part of the treatment of uh, chronic pains uh, patient? What do you think? Um, I think manual therapy itself um, are, is a good way to reassure the patient that the movement is uh, safe. If you put your hands around the people's joint whatever around the muscles he or she will, will feel safer to move and it helps a lot uh, about this acupuncture and this um, well I think it's bullshit but that's my opinion um, I don't uh, <laughs> I don't I think that is uh, necessary to make them uh, feel feel safe uh, but uh, so it's it's it yeah, it's all about changing the way the nervous system is processing inf information, isn't that? Yeah, so? pretty much. And if you're using a touch or how you, if you call it manual therapy, that's fine. If you're doing, using touch to make the people feel safe uh, about movement, to give them reassurance, um, that's 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 about it. You need to do. Uh -huh. <coughs> so, is possible good treating treating pain? Say it again. I didn't hear you. Is is possible good for treating pain? Um, I think possible based uh, therapies like you know the one I I, I think that uh, I just said yeah if we if we if we say that um, it placebo is bad I think uh, we we are not really understanding what uh, what pain is that the placebo itself um, is uh, is how to say uh, safe or positive. Uh, um, Insertion uh, to the brain that it's okay to move. Um, if you are doing this uh, placebo via acupuncture, I don't think it's necessary. I think uh, it uh, helps that we just uh, um, use your hands or mouth and exercise to do, do the work. But I think uh, if we if we say that placebo is, um, if we understand, if we think that placebo is nothing, it's actually not nothing. It's uh, it's 
it's uh, it's the tradition. It's the it's the way we do things. Um, we can say everything is placebo. There's uh, not the treatment uh, or interaction or uh, intervention that doesn't include placebo. Placebo is everywhere, so it's not uh, it's not bad. It's just uh, um, uh, something um, that uh, that is everywhere. But uh, we're only doing um, something that uh, has this kind of non-specific uh, placebo effects. Um, I think it's um, it's. Uh, Sometimes it is enough, but uh, something is is, is uh, always not eff- enough. We need uh, also something with more specific uh, effects, like uh, exercise, for example. So, do you think that if the therapist doesn't believe that he will help uh, the patient, the patient won't feel pain relief, for example? Um, uh, ask again. You did I understand correctly? Did it, if yeah, do you, do you think that if, for example, you don't believe that with the manual therapy uh, you're doing to the patient, uh, if you, if you don't sincerely believe that you're going to to achieve something, uh, the patient won't feel any anything posi- uh, positive. Um, we know that um, our patients believe exactly. Uh, what uh, you as a therapist uh, believe. So if the therapist believes that uh, acupuncture is bullshit, I think uh, our <coughs> patients believe it so. But um, if uh, we think that it's great, I think it's um, this is the true placebo effect. We just uh, make them think that uh, this is uh, necessary for pain, pain relief and uh, they think it also. Mm. Mm-hmm. So... The beliefs are are very, uh, how to say, connected with therapist and uh, and the, and the patient. Hmm. So the so the ter- so the therapist beliefs are also very important in the treatment of chronic. Pain. Yeah, that's why I want that. Uh, it would be great if uh, every therapist uh, would understand pain like it is. Hmm. What do you think about painful exercises? Are they good for treating pain? Mm, uh, I work with um, acute pain for like orthopedic injuries, and um, um, I know that um, in chronic pain, the chronic pain is not a measure of uh, tissue damage. You cannot, um, how to say, <coughs> you cannot. Uh, uh, scare people that uh, this pain you have is um, somehow related with the tissue tissue damage if you have a chronic pain patient so you the message you give your patients should be about that uh, this painful exercise is not damaging you it's just so sensitive I know that uh, some therapists um, uh, tell that if it's painful don't do it avoid it I think this is uh, some some kind of uh, negative beliefs that you can Give your patients that if you're doing touring with with pain, it's uh, also it's very bad in chronic uh, conditions. It's not so bad. You can do over pain. Also, the pain is not a measure of um, uh, chronic damage. And I think I, I read um, uh, from uh, one systematic review about painful exercises. It was with Benedict um, Smith or some Ben Smith or some someone. Uh, released uh, released it and uh, found that uh, you can do exercises uh, um, uh, even with pain. It will even 
uh, get you better results in short term and it doesn't really matter in the long term. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it was published in the British Journal of Sports Medicine. Yeah. I, I, sorry, I, sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah. And also in acute pain, uh, I must first, um, with my orthopedic patients, I explained um, that uh, the pain you have, uh, the usually we know that uh, after an injury, <coughs> there is an um, increase of inflammation that is um, basically, um, um, how to say, cleaning your tissues uh, and um, eating away uh, the damaged tissue. And during this inflammation phase, you have a lot of uh, pain. And that's, uh, that's something I'm just uh, explaining uh, patients not not uh, not like this that you will have and not uh, not not uh, threatening them that you will have a lot of pain but i just explaining them that um, it's normal to have pain during this uh, acute uh, period also so they don't feel that this pain increase of pain that comes usually day or few hours after the injury means that the tissues are more damaged they just understand that there's a, a lot of uh, healing occurring a lot of um, uh, cleaning occurring at this normal normal response to feel more bearing pain during this um, this this, uh, this few few hours after injury. Uh, yeah, I usually I try to, uh, I try to do the same because uh, when people come to me they are very afraid and they've been to doctors they've been to massage therapists uh, chiros uh, and whatever many therapists you know. Yeah. And the the usual question will be, I don't know where my problem is. You know, is it in the shoulder? Is it is it is it in the neck? Is it in the spine? Can you tell me where uh, where the problem is? How do you answer to someone who who, who asks you that question? Yeah, um, that's a good question. Um, usually, yeah. we see that um, our belief is that pain is somewhere in the body. Um, and and um, as as history tells us that uh, we have uh, tried to um, eliminate the painful results uh, with uh, posture correction, with uh, muscle strengthening, whatever it uh, your your BS is. But uh, <coughs> we know that um, this is uh, not uh, not the case with the pain. Pain is a feeling. The same way you cannot uh, cut out happiness or sadness, you cannot uh, cut uh, out uh, pain from the body. The pain is uh, always uh, our brain, brain's decision. So I tell them there's some some kind of threat somewhere. Actually, um, our therapy that um, occurs doesn't uh, need to be that specific. Knowing what kind of issue exactly has the um, uh, irritation or narcissism coming from. We know that if you are doing exercises, the exercises have a very global effect uh, also. And um, if you, for example, raise your hand, all your tissues um, are moving, getting the effect of mechanotherapy that um, improves the tissue capacity and tissue tissue healing. That's um, that's that's uh, that's the main reason for really understanding that um, how to say for really taking one uh, thing and telling the patient that this is an uh, injury and uh, this is uh, um, that you have for example uh, how to say 
neck or shoulder pain and you're telling that this is the rotator cuff that uh, hurts this is that is where the problem is now we know that you cannot be that specific uh, even uh, all the orthopedic tests are not that specific uh, you if you test uh, something you test all the tissues that are uh, that are doing the movement so I think we cannot even tell what the tissue is and we don't have to um, we don't have to sort out the injured tissue that specifically because our 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 um, our treatment of exercise is not that specific. That's more about how much load we are putting at one uh, one time to get the adaptions uh, that we need, not um, not what kind of tissues we are treating with uh, this specific exercise. It's not that specific, and uh, we even shouldn't. Um, make the pe- people understand that you have this uh, specific um, problem in your tissues because we know that if we if you make the x-ray and he the patient sees something uh, that is wrong the the, the, the correct uh, tissue or not so correct is the specific tissue that is uh, wrong in this uh, picture it will it's a it's a big not for uh, patient he will he will remember it even every time he moves he's thinking about degenerative uh, disc or whatever that it was uh, found in the, in this picture. So the long the long uh, story short, uh, you don't have to tell the specific uh, tissue. You sh- even shouldn't uh, tell the specific tissue. You should e- explain that uh, all the treatment is uh, is not that specific, and the movement itself is uh, very more more global, and it helps even uh, if we don't know the specific tissue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, if you think about this, most of the most of the, of the therapists out there, they're uh, they're very good at uh, finding problems like this. Is uh, they are trained that way to look for the problem, to look for the for the dis- to look for the for the dysfunctional joint. And I think what you're saying is is really common, but it will take time for. Uh, for this to change in the mind uh, in, in therapists and also in the mind of patients. Yeah. At least that, that is what I see here in Bulgaria. And structural based therapies, they're, they're everywhere. Um, but I think uh, if we introduce science and uh, ex- people, people like, like you who are very, very good at explaining this uh, this complex uh, problem like pain in a simple matter this will uh, this will change things at least in my country I, I think things are better in Estonia now aren't they yeah I, I hope so I recently do the did a pain um, uh, course in here but um, as the participants uh, also tell me that uh, I'm schooling um, like there was uh, Ten people in my course, but uh, in the next room there were like uh, 20 people of uh, um, therapists that are still learning uh, trigger points and uh, and something like that. So it's hard. To, hard yeah. we, we start seeing people who understand pain, but we also have a lot of people who don't understand pain. Mm-hmm. But uh, so but the science part that you talk, uh, it's uh, that is um, that that really helps because uh, all this. Um, all the tests you have, for example, um, seeing uh, where the trigger point is, feeling that, or uh, 
or um, the orthopedic tests that uh, tell you that you have this supraspinatus or infraspinatus, whatever the muscle tests are, there are the science really tells us that um, we cannot uh, identify the painful results. Um, if we if we look at research and we at whatever test you think you you know, if you look the test uh, specificity, sensitivity, and um, uh, rep- uh, repetitivity, that uh, how how often you can get the same result, they are very low. The specific orthopedic tests have very low value to understand where the pain or nociception is uh, coming from. I think there was a, a good overview of um, orthopedic tests. They took over 100 tests and uh, found that uh, with this uh, 100 tests, sorry, four tests were, were with good specificity, uh, specificity to rule in the diagnosis that we think that the injury is coming there, but that's a really low percent and we cannot uh, trust our uh, uh, our palpation and uh, and orthopedic tests uh, too much, but uh, but the education system at the moment uh, I think puts too much trust uh, in this uh, kind of tests. But still, you do some physical examina- examination, do you? Yes. Don't you? Yes, but um, um, if I'm doing a physical examination, uh, like you tell, like you told that um, many therapists are good at finding problems. I'm good at finding what is okay too, and I'm okay, and I'm good at uh, telling it to the patient. So if a patient has a strong muscle, I will tell him. If he has a good movement, I will tell him. If he has a good posture or posture that uh, uh, is not really related to his um, condition, in in my in my in my understanding, I will tell him. And this kind of positive feedback you give uh, to the patient increases the confidence. Uh, uh, of the patient to move and to go along, and uh, even if you're if you're doing this um, um, how to say testing and everything like that, you can uh, use this testing to go later on with um, the explanation of, uh, for example, chronic pain because chronic pain patients usually think that there is something wrong with their body, and if you have found that the, the person has good strength, good movement, um, no injuries. Um, the pain is not, um, how to say, coming or going uh, with the injuries. It's uh, it's living a, a life of its own. Then you can go forward with mm-hmm. uh, this uh, matches with um, with the patients. So the patient understands. You have looked at the tissue and you have found the tissue is okay. It's more about sensitivity, not so much about tissue. And it's a good starting point. Um, uh, it's it's part of the treatment actually, uh, looking uh, what what uh, what we find in the in the in a common movement uh, and uh, and, uh, and other tests. Mm-hmm. So, is uh, strength training beneficial for someone who has chronic pain? If the chronic pain patient loves strength training, why not? If you love something else. Mm-hmm. And uh, thinks that um, strength training is um, somehow threatful. I will not start with strength training. I will start with uh, more fun moments with uh, something the patient has already done in the past that he enjoys. Start there, and later on, he can uh, go forward. There's there's not a, a specific movement that we should be looking at. There's more of a, like we should see them uh, in regressions and progressions. If if there's some injury some exercise the person cannot do now 
do it the other way, do the same movement in a different way with easier load, less range of motion. Um, and yeah. then you can progress there. But yeah, I think uh, strength training in general is a very undervalued uh, intervention. It has great benefits uh, to tissues and our physiological uh, well-being also. There's nothing better to um, let the person see how strong they can really get. Mm -hmm. So you examine the patient, uh, you use positive approach, uh, you, you explain pain, you, you uh, help the patient find movements which are not threatening and then you uh, get him moving. Basically that, that is your approach to treating uh, chronic pain. Yeah, slowly progressing and that's, that's, uh, that's the way we do. How much time would usually take for someone who's been suffering for months or years to to start moving normally what uh, what is your experience telling that's very different some people are just uh, looking uh, a health professional that would give them the green light and if you give them the green light tell them that your tissue is not damaged you can start moving they automatically smile and uh, go up and do the movements that they enjoy. They're just looking for reassurance and uh, approval from someone. And that's that's enough. Maybe half an hour is, is uh, okay. Some people, uh, they are they have fallen so, so deep in this uh, structure model hole that um, they need, even, even the sessions that we, we give, uh, are not enough that uh, they will they will stay and uh, keep thinking uh, in the in the old ways and um, I, I cannot uh, help them at that's always um, a possibility and I think it's uh, okay that we um, think that we cannot even help everyone you can give some kind of um, um, beliefs uh, to the patient that um, hopefully change them in the future that you have started somewhere, but uh, some patients are really, really hard to connect to and um, make them make them understand and uh, change their their beliefs, their their understanding. So it's very individual. So let, let's say the patient uh, starts thinking that the pain is not in the tube, but it's in his brain. Is that good for the patient? Yeah. Is it bad? What do you think? If I'm explaining pain to the patient, I am avoiding the word uh, brain. At, I'm, I'm basically not using it at all, at all. Because um, <coughs> if you haven't um, if you haven't made uh, a good therapeutic alliance with the patient, if the um, patient has been for you with a very short time, um, and you start uh, explaining pain uh, uh, with the word brain, the person automatically thinks that uh, you think uh, he's crazy and he, he's, um, he's making this uh, uh, and uh, pain, uh, pain up. That's not the case. So I'm not, uh, mm -hmm. not using uh, this kind of ex uh, examples. I'm more like telling stories. Um, it may, he maybe even doesn't have to understand um, neurology behind it um, uh, that's, that's so complex to some uh, health professionals to understand 
some patients understand it and then they need to understand it to get them better and uh, if they're ready and we have a good therapeutic alliance i will i will tell them uh, how it really is but um, most of the patients uh, i think if you if you start telling the your thinking uh, the pain out uh, you are missing the point you cannot uh, explain the pain to um, how to say to too too easily it needs a deeper understanding deeper connection with the patients to even start explaining uh, pain in a correct way great <laughs> i think we covered most of the questions i had uh, i have prepared for this conversation it was it was very very nice to talk to you again man it's been it was a real pleasure thank you for uh, accepting my invitation and I hope that we can make this uh, make another podcast some other time. <laughs> yeah, sure. Nice sharing about you too. I still remember when we did uh, some strength training with. Um, oh, you should call uh, um, uh, um, the other practitioner to the podcast uh, too from Estonia. You remember, Hanno? Yeah, 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 I remember him very well. I, I can see that he has changed a lot. Yeah. yeah. Do you do you still talk? Do you, do you still uh, talk and uh, keep connection? Yeah, sometimes uh, via social media, but uh, we are not working together, so uh, we just talk via social media. If somebody is doing something yeah. great, we we sometimes talk. I'm, I'm happy to hear that you're well and that Han is also well. So thank you and take care. Yeah, goodbye.